0: A reading from the second chapter of Paul's epistle to Timothy, beginning with the eighth verse. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. That is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the Word of God is not chained. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is sure. If we have died with Him, we also will live with Him. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will also deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. For He cannot deny Himself. Remind them of this, and warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good, but only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by Him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be be to God. We present our gifts to the Lord. Right? Reading from the 17th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, beginning with verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Maybe may be seated. <clears throat> I read once that Martin Luther, the great doctor of the Reformation, who lived in the 16th century, was asked the question, what is true worship? What does it mean to truly worship God? Someone said to him, what is true worship? Now worship is an interesting word. It comes from an old English word that means worth with a th on it. Did I say that clearly? It's hard to say that word and have people hear it. Worthship. It's meaning that by our actions, we are declaring the worth of Almighty God. So someone asked him, what is true worship? And Reverend Luther said, the tenth leper turning back. Did you hear that, church? The tenth leper turning back. Turning back. He didn't cite all of the wonderments of worship. He didn't cite candles. He didn't cite children. He didn't cite hymns. He didn't cite reading the Scripture. He said that true worship looks like the tent leper turning back. That's awesome to me. Because I know that I'm capable of that. because of what God has done for me. But that's going to require some gratitude, isn't it? One of the biggest issues in modern society, I believe, is entitlement. Anybody want to go on record with me and agree with that? Anybody? Entitlement? I hear some amens, but ain't nobody want to raise a hand now. I don't don't want to... There we go. I believe entitlement has gotten out of control in our society. Everybody seems to believe that we're entitled to everything, that I'm entitled for you to agree with me just because I exist. It's astounding to me that we've gotten to this point in human history when not terribly long ago we were all teaching one another to be humble and have some humility in our lives and to respect other people in a different way, which is to see the value of their soul in Christ. But here we are in entitlement age, a people, as I said last week, who sometimes worry more about whether we will get to heaven than whether we will live for Jesus in this life. Entitlement causes that. I've heard people say before, you know, preacher, I was saved when I was four years old. I literally had somebody say that to me. And what I wanted to say back to them was, yeah, but you're living like a son of hell right now. He was entitled. He believed that God had to do what God did for him. But you know what, dear ones, God doesn't have to do what God did for us. What God did for us was to show us love, to show us mercy, to act for us, not because of us. This leper was in touch with that. He knew the difference between being a person who felt entitled to mercy and being a person who was grateful for mercy. And in his gratitude, he turned. He came back to Jesus. He shows us a model for repentance, dear ones. If you've ever wondered what does it mean to repent of my sin, that is what it looks like. It looks like a person who's going along and when confronted with the mercy that's available to them, they turn from the world and its sense of entitlement and turn toward the cross and turn to Jesus and come and fall at His feet, forgetting our pride, forgetting all the wonderful things that we think we are, forgetting all our sense of propriety and come and fall at the feet of a bleeding Savior. That, dear ones, is worship. That is repentance. That is what faith looks like. If we could ever turn in our Scriptures and find a man who could show us what it looks like to be a Christian, here he is! A man who remembered Christ. Being a leper was hard. And I think it's why I love this story. As I was preparing to preach this week, I found myself writing these words I'm pretty happy for this guy. He was separated from his community, from his family, he was pushed outside the camp. He couldn't go to worship. He couldn't go to his family reunion. He couldn't do anything he wanted to do. He couldn't even go to Sabbath dinner at his aunt's house. He had to live apart from everyone. All because of something completely outside of his control. Something he was unable to do anything about other than wait for it to go away and hope that it would go away. And he's afraid and go and show himself to the priest because if he goes too early, he might have to leave for another two weeks or three weeks or whatever the priest decreed. And he doesn't know what to do, so he sits and waits and hopes that someone will check his skin and tell him if he's clean yet. And there he is. He's seen Jesus from afar and he cries out, Master, have mercy on me. And as he's leaving to go and show himself to the priest, he realized that he was cleansed. He looked at himself and he realized that he wasn't the way he was a short while ago. And then I see him in my mind, overcome with joy and thanksgiving. And falling on his face and praising Jesus for what he had done for him. I love that. That is what the Christian life looks like, dear ones. Falling at the feet of Jesus every day and thanking Him for cleansing us of the leprosy of sin. The leprosy of entitlement. For healing us of our self-will. For healing us of our destructive ways. For healing us of our love for things that are bad for us. And for giving us love of God and love of neighbor. For showing us a different way to live. We come here today to do exactly what Paul said to Timothy. To command us to do. To remember Christ. And what he has done for us. Sin and leprosy are alike in a lot of ways. Sin separates us from other people too, doesn't it? Have you ever done something to someone and you felt so bad about it that you couldn't look them in the face? Or has someone ever done something to you that you were unwilling to forgive and you turned your whole life away from them? That sin separated you from someone that you love. In the same way, sin separated us from God. But here God comes to us and meets us in something as benign and seemingly simple as the waters of baptism to wash us of that sin and pull us back into God's self. Just like that leper, we are people who have been broken, who have found our relationships destroyed and distorted by sin. We've been pushed outside of our families, outside of friends. We've been pushed outside of Eden. We've found ourselves with no hope in the world. A people who are hell bound for destruction because of our rebellion against God. But God stands at a distance and says, Come to me. On a hill called Calvary with his arms outstretched and says, Come to you, come to me, all of you who are wearied and burdened by your iniquity, and I will give you rest. Come to me. The only thing that will stop us is entitlement. The only thing that will stop us from falling at Jesus' feet is the lie we've been told that if we're good enough, we can go to heaven. That if we're good enough, we can be part of God's kingdom. The only thing that's required for you to be part of God's kingdom, dear one, and a part of eternal life, is for you to accept it as a free gift. To not believe that you are entitled to it, but instead to cry out, Master, have mercy on me. Just like this man received healing of his leprosy, we have been invited to receive healing of our sin, to be freed from it, to be freed from the brokenness, to be created to be people like we heard about last week who can actually go to someone and say, I forgive you seven times in one day. This is what's at stake for us. If we will lay down our entitlements, we can be free from the sin that causes us to look down on other people, that breaks our relationships, and causes us to walk through this life alone. And So Jesus calls to us and says, come. And opens to us the water of life. To be baptized, to die to ourselves and be raised to new life, to fall at Jesus' feet. This, Dr. Luther said, is true worship. To repent. To turn back like that leper and come to Jesus' feet. So today, as we come to this baptismal font, as George Weston is brought to the waters, may we remember that there is cleansing happening here today as George Weston is brought to the waters, may you remember your baptism and the cleansing that has been done for you. That there is healing happening here today. And as the psalmist says in Psalm 106, Then, dear ones, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God is good. God's mercy endures forever. Amen.